Hugh here again with another edition of Press Play. This time I'm sitting down with filmmaker Benjamin Hosking to talk about his short film. Well, a myriad of things, but we definitely yeah. need to address this short film. Uh, yeah. So, Benjamin, how are you, sir? I am good. I am very good. I have an apple. I have my seltzer water. We're good to go. Perfect. Everything you yeah. need to be All able you really to need in life. Yeah, that's true. An apple, apple and seltzer. <laughs> I have a, a a mug full of water. I am also ready to go. Love uh, it. Love thanks so much for sitting down and chatting with yeah. with me. Uh, I'm a huge film fan. I'm a film buff. I got sent your short and I watched it this morning. And I got to say, um, it was pretty affecting. Um, nice. And yeah, 100 percent. And so I want to we'll just kind of get right into that up front. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the film? Uh, the yeah. film is called, is it, uh, I'm going to screw this up, but it's, it's okay. It's and, and, and I miss you like a little kid. Perfect. Aha. Yes. Nailed it. Yes. Now I have to ask oh. right off yeah. the top, any relation to the Phoebe Bridger? Lyric? Of course. Of course. Okay. hundred <laughs> percent. As soon as I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I've heard this line yeah. somewhere. Where did I hear this? And then I was like, yes, Oh, it's a Phoebe Bridger song. Yeah, it's Promotion yes. Sickness, which is one of her uh, songs from her first album, Stranger in the Alps. I loved Phoebe's work for a long time, even before Same. her more recent album. Um, and that song, um, you know, is very much about a character going through an emotionally abusive relationship. And the full lyric is, I hate you for what you did, and I miss you like a little kid, which is kind of encapsulates the complexities that a lot of people in abusive relationships feel with their their abuser because you know a lot of times people are in them for what they feel are the right reasons sure yeah 100 percent understood so i mean if if people haven't picked up by now your short deals very kind yeah. of explicitly with uh abusive relationships um it touches on on topics of of kind of like a queer lifestyle discovery uh, on top of a toxic relationship, on top of, you know, de depression and how people deal with those things. Um, there's so much to unpack in this film. Yeah. What what kind of led you to, to put this together? Sure. Yeah. So um, when I came to AFI, uh, so it's an AFI thesis um, that I did for my master's. Um, I came to AFI for... Um, with the intent of making something about childhood mental health. I'm a kid who grew up with a lot of depression and anxiety, and I wanted to make a movie about that and the family that raised me. Um, and then I kind of had a you know come to Jesus moment because I found myself uh, trapped in a relationship, not unlike the one depicted in the movie at the beginning of COVID. And sure. I was in it for about six months. And at the end of it, it was like a world when I was like sitting in a Denny's uh, wondering how the fuck did I just get here? Um, and a few months later, I decided that that would be what I wanted to do my film about, which is about a male survivor of domestic abuse, um, during COVID. Yeah. Which I love too. Um, and I think, you know, the, the public zeitgeist is much more aware of, I think now, and I don't even want to dive into the circus of it, we don't have the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp <laughs> trial stuff. But I think yeah. I think it is kind of alerting people. A lot of people don't, when they think abusive relationships, they don't mm -hmm. often automatically go to that the male may be the abused party yeah. in a relationship. Um, yeah. And so right off the bat, I, I thought that that was 
amazing. I thought that that was such a great uh, perspective to tell a story. Um, And I got to say, too, it kind of, you know, I don't know if it was intentional, but it it showed me a lot about myself because some of my predeterminations of what I assumed I was about to watch did not unfold in the way that I thought I was going to watch them. <laughs> interesting, um, interesting. I'd be curious. And I don't know if that's my own biases, you know what I mean, that I that I bring with it. Uh, but I liked that. That actually, Good. it challenged me. It made me go, oh, well, you know, here I am immediately assuming that, you know, this is going to play out in a different relationship dynamic. Um, and so I thought that that was great and, you know, very well done. I have to ask the casting of this short as well. I feel like has a lot to do with how well it's kind of executed. Um, how did you get connected with your cast? First off, please name drop yes. your cast. You have yeah, a great so, one. um, our two leads, um, our, our supporting are great as well. And I'll name drop them as well, but our two leads, um, were uh, Terry Reeves, who was in, um, and she uh, she plays Clarissa. She was in uh, The Punisher. She was in Chicago Fire. She was in a lot of solid TV roles. She's done a ton of theater. She was great. Um, and then Chris. So Chris Zilka uh, is a, um, a real star, um, in, in my opinion. Um, and he was <laughs> in uh, every episode of Leftovers on HBO, which is kind of a cult classic. A lot of filmmakers know The Leftovers. Mm-hmm. Not as many film people Maybe not everybody does, but it's one of the best shows, I think, of the last 10 years. Um, he plays opposite Justin Throw as Justin Throw's character's son. Um, yeah. Chris was also in a ton of teen heartthrob uh, stuff going all the way back to the early, like, early 2010s. Um, and he's also, inc- incidentally, he was also engaged to Paris Hilton for a hot minute, but that is <laughs> has nothing to do with his acting. <laughs> he's a very- That's just a fun fact. That's a fun fact. He was engaged with Paris Hilton. But um, <laughs> yeah, so Chris is great. So how do we get connected? Um, so I had a wonderful casting director uh, named Jamie Castro. I'll name drop her because she was awesome. Um, who I cold reached out to um, through the Casting Society of America, which is like their professional org. Um, so I reached out to her and she connected with the script. And then we she went to their agents um, with the project. Uh, we were actually with, we had it with quite a few people. Um, Chris was a very early sign on and then Terry was a late, but a wonderful find. Um, and I'm That's so glad I got awesome. to work with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they really embodied these characters and I got to say too, I was a little bit surprised cause I recognized Chris. I recognized both of them, recognized Terry and, and Chris, but I feel like for Chris, especially this is not necessarily the role that he is normally cast in. Like, <laughs> no. By a far stretch. A lot of people know him as Flash Thompson from... Oh, yeah, also Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing (laughs) Spider-Man, where he is the complete opposite of this type of character. He is the bully, you know, your kind of stereotypical toxic male. Um, And in this, he it's a very kind of nuanced performance. You know what I mean? It's very downplayed. It's very kind of quiet and, and internal. Um, yeah, but I also have to say that I think I don't think I've seen Terry play a character like this either. I think they were both pretty, uh, these are pretty different characters than what they're normally cast at, and I think they both nailed it like high, pra- yeah. high praise for both of them. Thanks. I mean, I think, I mean, I actually think kind of answers a little bit of your own question in a way because one of the reasons they would do a low budget student short is because it'd be a role that they are not typically cast for or typically play. I love that. 
Um, and you're 100% right with Chris. Yeah, Flash Thompson, Amazing Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just not a, I'm just not a huge superhero like buff, so I don't That's know. Okay. All of them, but I know. <laughs> what's so interesting is, is that in the leftovers, I saw glimmers of what could be the kind of really sensitive, um, you know, vulnerability that he brings to the character of Jason in my film. Um, and that was sure. where I got the idea. I was like, Chris, let me try and see if we can get him. And I got really lucky. Um, but yeah, no, they're not, they're not, they're in their typical roles. No. Um, and for context, yeah. like Terry, uh, Terry's actually a Brazilian jujitsu, like black belt. And Holy I had coffee cow. with her the other, other day. And it's just, she's so sweet and lovely and like wonderful. And then she plays this character that is not those things. No, is very kind yeah. of like fierce off-putting in a lot of ways. Um, so I, I always ask this as a writer myself, Mm. usually when I'm writing something, there's some sort of like things that I'm working out or working through, whether it's, you know, at a very surface level, or sometimes it's a very deep personal level, what kind of inspired some of the characters and the ways that they were portrayed when, when you put this film together? Yeah. I mean, I think. A lot of it was drawing on my experiences, but also the experiences of other um, friends of mine, both women and men who had been in relationships like this. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I had to like work out and like really figure out while I was writing this is why would someone like me or someone else be in a relationship like this in the first place? Because it's very clear early on, red flag, red flag, red flag. And sure. what I learned is that most people stay in abusive relationships um, out of hope because they're hoping that their abuser is going to change back into the saint and the angel, the whatever at the beginning of their relationship. So for the first like sure. two to three months of these relationships, it's a honeymoon phase. It's glorious. It's wonderful. You feel so much love. You get love bombed. And then after that, it starts cracking and eventually becomes a cycle of abuse. Um, and what I learned is that I was staying in that relationship because I had low self-esteem and still had hope mm. she'd change. And similarly, the character has low self-esteem and still has hope. Uh, that she'll change um, and you don't really leave these things until that hope is gone and you also don't leave them by yourself um sure. one of the other like parts of the film is like he gets out by reaching out to a family member and i think yeah. that is uh, sometimes often forgotten about these situations is you it takes a village to get people out and keep them safe um after these relationships and that it's okay you know toxic relationships yeah. can be very isolating that's that's one of the key parts of you know these toxic or abusive relationships and so um you know i find it interesting that you portrayed the character you know who is you know we'll say chris's character is definitely kind of a meek character um (laughs) but i think i think it's interesting that um you know people also kind of tend to look negatively on a close son mother relationship um so I think it like that's what was fascinating because I'm I'm pretty close to my yeah. mom. And Same. so there was just a lot of little things that I'm like, man, these are all things that like really aren't talked about a lot. Or if yeah. they are talked about are usually portrayed in kind of like a negative jokey fashion. Um, yeah. So I just love that you treated them with respect and that these oh, type of characters yes. got that level of, you know, um, 
I, I think I said it best with respect. I mean, that's that's yeah, the best yeah. thing. Is one word's good. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The film the film felt very respectful of its characters, um, and not turning them into like caricatures or. And I think when you're dealing with things like abuse and you're dealing with things like mental health, I think yeah. it can be easy to kind of go into that caricature kind of range. Um, and so I really appreciate it when it's done with a little a little more nuance and. I think your film did that well. So I have to ask too, obviously this film takes place during COVID. Uh, yes. How was your COVID experience? <laughs> Aside well, from the film. Aside from the start of it. Well, it wasn't great, but I watched a lot of movies. Um, so uh, ever since, I mean, I, you know, I, I will say like I got out and I'm, I'm in a great place now and I have like a lot of friends and, and a wonderful like relationship now and all these things actually went really well after um, that, um, my COVID experience overall, I mean, it was interesting. I went to film school during a pandemic, uh, sure. you know, it was an AFI thesis. So my second year was almost entirely online with the exception of Crazy. production. Um, and you know, that was a kind of a, it was, I mean, I wouldn't say it was a great experience, but I don't regret it. I think that, you know, um, I learned a lot about myself during the pandemic. It was a interesting, um, observation I had with someone recently, which is that people who experienced depression prior to the pandemic had actually an easier time dealing with the pandemic than people who'd never experienced like the kind of isolation that the pandemic brought. Um, sure. And so for me, I feel like actually the pandemic I coped with fairly well. Um, but I have a lot of, I mean, ever since making this film, I've shared it with a lot of people and they've been like, I was in this position either before or during the pandemic with my partner and I had to get out. And I just, just that's kind of the takeaway I've gotten is how common uh, these experiences are, are. Yeah, I would say that I, you know, in talking with a bunch of people who experienced the pandemic on kind of different response levels, I would say one of the things that is kind of universal is that the pandemic was kind of like a, a real like litmus test for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like it really, you know, it kind of sifted through and in a lot of places, like really <laughs> yeah. kind of blew up blew yeah. up issues that were maybe under the surface for a lot of people that people maybe yeah. didn't have the time or were distracted by their daily goings on to really examine. Uh, so I like that. I like that. Uh, you know, we all have that kind of common thread and I think that makes your film easy to connect to is everybody, whether you've been in a relation, an abusive relationship or not, whether you've been to the kind of going through these extremes, I think that there's something very like at a core visceral level that everybody universally understands. Um, yeah, we were all on COVID and a lot of us live with our partners. So I think on that, on that level, we all know <laughs> that life. Um, Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I'm assuming you went through the large collection of movies and, and, and stuff behind you. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did, actually. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I, I've watched an inordinate amount of VHS tapes. Um, okay. Are you a VHS Disgustingly fan? sick. Yeah, so these are all these oh, are yeah. all VHS. I'm a VHS collector. I love uh, it. Am I... My wife, uh, I was just stockpiling VHS and she was like, you yeah. know what? My wife is definitely the, uh, the, the, the better eye for decoration than okay. I am. She's like, yeah. that would make a really great background for you when you're doing these things. And I was like, yeah, but then they're harder to access to watch. And she was like, yes, but it's, it's for the aesthetics. <laughs> and so, so now all of my VHS collection has become a, a makeshift throne. I love it. My it's honestly great. I was really impressed. <laughs> I I always said it's for when I have uh, boring Zoom meetings with people during COVID. Yeah. That if yeah. I am super boring, they can at least just like pay attention and try and find their favorite movies behind me. Yeah, 
no, I, I we I, I think it's I think it's a great collection you've got over there. Thanks. I, I, must I admit, appreciate that. Um, that I am. I do you collect vinyl? Or are you a vinyl guy? I do. I have a record player on the other side of my computer. Oh, there you go. There you go. For the other, the other, the other half. Yeah. As um, much as much dead media as possible. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I take that back. Vinyl is very much alive. VHS, very much dead alive. and never VHS. coming back. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's still, you know, you can still find them occasionally, but, um, sure. you know, I think, yeah, I think, I think DVDs killed it, and then, yeah, streaming. Well, there's no. I often have that discussion with people because they're like, why do you collect VHS? And I'm like, VHS collecting is purely yeah. nostalgia based. Like okay. there, you will, you will not find a single person who is like, well, the quality of VHS was actually better than, no, it's not, no. it's not true. in any, <laughs> any circumstance. It's, but are you really living if you don't have the sand lot on VHS? so true when you're recovering from like illness as a child do you, are you really do you really are you really a millennial if you haven't done that no <laughs> and honestly nothing sparks joy quite like popping in that home alone vhs tape and oh, seeing yeah. the like baseball pizza hut commercial before it yeah. that i remembered oh, yeah. as a kid and I immediately like i'm like commercials i forgot they were exactly <laughs> not just media. trailers you get full-on oh, commercials so yeah it's good stuff Oh, well, man. It was a different time then. Yeah. It was a different time. <laughs> Although apparently ad-supported streaming is coming back, so who knows where we are anymore, totally, man. 100%. <laughs> I, I watch a lot of my content now through through a Plex server that I have set up. Oh, and Plex has, has integrated a way that you can actually choose to have trailers and commercials in front of your programming to make it feel more natural, I guess. <laughs> Not like I'm just watching a bunch of stuff off of a computer hard drive. Yeah, I mean, those 44-minute episodes, they're intended to be watched with 16 minutes of commercials interspersed. Definitely. Otherwise, are you really getting the full experience of yeah. like Battlestar Every Galactica? six minutes, I want the tension of what I'm watching to be interrupted yeah. by a Tide commercial. Is it, That is what I want. Yeah. I mean, how else are you going like, to build the suspense to you know the, the spaceship exploding? <laughs> exactly. We're, we're uh, currently, Project Nerd is looking at putting together a uh, OTT app platform where we're going to host some streaming content as well. Right. And this was actually a very big conversation with us because we're like, we need to have ads because you know it helps pay the yeah. bills. But right. we don't want 37 progressive insurance commercial ads instead yeah. we're like how do you like we want to we want to support the things that we like and not necessarily like just the you know progressive, progressive ads. insurance ads exactly uh um, who has actually yeah, bought progressive insurance off of those ads that's the question i want to know no one well uh, clearly somebody because they're they're spending Someone. a lot of money on it right so somebody yeah. Somebody is watching Chicago Fire one night and that progressive insurance comes on and that's what it is. They're like, you know what? This show's all about fires. Fires could happen. I need insurance. You know what Ooh, I mean? Very astute. You know, you're probably right. There's, lo <laughs> there's logic in that. How much How much of the insurance ads are just tailored to like disaster movies and disaster shows? <laughs> Not enough. I will tell you Not that. Enough. I would 100% like it. If I was watching Moonfall... And there was like, you know, uh, some sort of like hail insurance or something like something falling on your house. That's great. That's a missed opportunity. I would enjoy yeah, that. Where is State Farm? Like, State Farm needs to be there. Like, where is it? They do need there to be there. It's very important. What if the moon falls? I need my house protected. You need State Farm. 
<laughs> now I have to ask, obviously Please. this is a very heavy subject matter film. What is that kind of the, the play or the sandbox that you want to keep playing in and drama, or do you have kind of other genres yeah. that you want to branch out into? I think all my work um, deals with mental health and it's not always the pretty like silver linings playbook side of mental health. I'm, I sure. love that movie. It's mental health is really complicated. Um, and so my work is primarily psychological dramas and psychological thrillers. Um, there's of course, you know, humor that can be interspersed in those things. But um, most of my work is I would say on the darker side, but with a caveat that I personally like movies that end with a note of hope at the end, like there's a world in which this film could have ended with him not leaving or, it being much more like sad and 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 so on. But I wanted there to be hope that life goes on and that yeah. people with mental health issues, you know, the end of the movie doesn't mean it's the end of their like life or their or their journey. Like there's more to life after that. Um sure. and so like a lot of my work, I'm putting people through the ringer. Like that's what my features are. I'm putting them through the ringer, but then they come out on the other side um having learned something and grown and looking forward to a brighter future. Yeah, I really I love that. So many people are quick to go to, you know, how you get them the negative ending, just like really, really, you know, I want a really downturn film with a really downturn ending. You, have, did you see The Northman? I just watched it last night, as a matter of fact. Did you see Green Knight? I did. I did. That okay. one I watched months ago. But yes. Right. OK, so liked the ending of The Green Knight. Didn't yes. like the ending of Northman. Agreed. For the exact reasons I just outlined. So no yeah, spoilers, 100%. but those are the reasons. Yeah, no spoilers. 100% agreed. You know, yeah. if you're going to have, I, I'm a totally in that camp that if you're going to have an intense kind of, uh, you know, I hate to say a slog of a watch because it, it's not. It's just like a heavy kind of dark yeah. ugh, movie. Yeah. Then I need some sort of reprieve. Otherwise, I don't enjoy my film going experience as much. I find it personal. Yeah, I would agree. I think that, um, you know, there, there, there is, there's hope to be found in any dark circumstance. And I think that a, one of my responsibilities as a filmmaker who wants an audience to, to come out of the movie, not feeling dead inside, but ideally feeling some kind of humanist hope for people, uh, then it sure. is there is my responsibility to give them um, some kind of hope at the end. But I agree with you. Like I feel robbed at the end of a movie. If it's like, everything's horrible, everything, everybody dies. The whole thing is for shit. Yeah. Like that. I, well, then I, I just go like, back to life. Why did I come here? Like, I could have just like, watched Ukraine footage or something. Like, <laughs> exactly. If I wanted to be depressed, I would just look around yeah, all day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, speaking of a glimmer of hope, what sort of hope do people have for your next project? When can they ah. see it? What are you working on? When is that happening? Yeah. So, um, so in addition, so so there's this 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 uh, this this film that I'm premiering at Dances of Films, animated like little kid. Yes. Um, and I am developing that into a six part limited series. Um, I'm going out and pitching that. Um, and then in addition to that, there's a feature I'm planning to shoot in Seattle. Um, probably end of I think we're scheduled for end of August, beginning of September. Um, like that kind of like window there. Um, yeah. Where we're gonna do a film about. Um, a woman uh, trying to connect um, in a relationship while having a very severe personality disorder and her learning how to reconnect with society after um, enduring trauma uh, from her family and from her childhood. 
Ooh, interesting, intriguing, yeah. intriguing, intriguing. Yeah, how good. how far along in the the pre production are you on that? Yeah, so we've how got a you... script, and it's just a matter of getting the scheduling going. So nice. Yeah. Well, I yeah, look I forward to that. A couple cast, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those like one of those indie features where you kind of just have to just go do it. So that's sure, <laughs> totally that dates, and we're gonna go film something. Probably that. Nice. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, well, that all sounds great. Are you excited Thanks. about the premiere of this film? Yeah. So the premiere, um, I'm very excited. Um, it'll be at the Chinese theaters on June 11th um, at 12.30 p.m. Uh, awesome. Tickets are on the Dances with Films uh, website. Um, and I hope that people come and see it. I mean, we've already, I know that the tickets are going fast for that shorts group uh, from what I heard. So uh, sure. definitely get your tickets. I love it. I love yeah. it. That's so exciting. Now I'll kind of take us out on this. Um, sure. First off, as a film fan, like we've covered, uh, I'm so happy that I can see things in theaters with people again. Oh, yeah. um, and so I have to ask, I as cried. a filmmaker, I cried the first. Time. I cried when I went back to the theater for the first same. time, and like the, the the like just like even it was like the Universal like pre pre lap like logo coming out, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I'll tell you what, great. my first film back uh, yeah. was another film that I loved, and I cried for multiple reasons, but uh, Pig, Nicholas Cage. Oh, my God, my favorite movie of last year. Yes, yes. same. Yes. 100% agreed. Best uh, movie of 2021. I described it after I left the theater. <laughs> I People were like, so what is Pig? Because I will say that that was out of, out of all the marketing material and with Nicholas Cage in, in, this, in this, the yeah. driver's seat, you're kind of <laughs> like, I don't know what to expect from this yeah. movie. It's about a truffle pig and a, you know, guy. I explained it like this. I feel like pig is John Wick. If instead of using violence, he used words and emotions to take down people. And food and the love for food. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, that's that's a, a really a beautiful film. It's a great way to put it. Yeah, go see Pig, Thanks. people. Pig is fucking great. <laughs> That's what we're here to promote. Yeah, Pig, here everybody to promote go Pig. see it. The best movie of 2021. Um, yeah. But no, so I have to say, um, have you gotten to screen this film yet with people? Or is so this, this is going our to first, be... This is our first theatrical screening. I mean, we did our That's little awesome. test screening. But yeah, this is our first theatrical screening uh, with a real audience. I'm really excited. Um, and if people are interested in following more about the film, I'm just going to drop the Instagram handle real quick. Cause we will be updating yes, please. screenings there. So it's at, and I miss you like a little kid. That's it. So perfect. In the and title, then they can but... find you online as well, right? Yeah. And then I'm and uh, I miss yeah, you like I'm... a little kid.com. Exactly. Exactly. I managed to get that URL. Thank, thank goodness. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed and very grateful that Phoebe Bridger hasn't sent you a cease and desist yet <laughs> we will find out i again it's it's, <laughs> it's inspired by that lyric we'll find out the, the she'll yeah, she'll we'll be like out. um actually what if she like called what if she got a hold of you and was like actually yeah. i would love for you to figure out how to include that song in this short film there was a hot second where we were considering trying to license it as the end oh. song, but it's uh that would be probably too much for our small budget. <laughs> <laughs> Completely understand. Yeah. yeah. Completely. Maybe understand. on the feature. Well, our feature or series, we might do it then. I would love that. And if and yeah. if so, when I'm watching it, I'm going to be like, ah, knew it. Yes. He got it. it. He did it. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much, Benjamin, for sitting down and chatting with me. It's, it's been a pleasure. I hope thank people you, check out your film, And I Miss You Like a Little Kid. It's absolutely fantastic. If you get the opportunity and you're in the area of the Chinese theater, please go check it out. Buy tickets. Uh, what's the dates again? It's June 11th, midday, 12 June 11th. June 11th. Absolutely go check it out. You've been awesome. I sincerely appreciate it. Uh, I hopefully come back when you when you get I this series picked up, the limited series made and picked up. Come back. I'd love to talk to you about it again. Me too. Awesome. Thanks, Q. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Have a great one. And we'll catch you next time. Make sure you guys stay tuned to project-nerd.com for all of your latest film, fan, and fun updates. Go check us out on YouTube. That's YouTube at project-nerd. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next time, hopefully at the movies.